Thank you for coming to You, Me, Them, everybody. And the, the sparse applause, I really appreciate it. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Uh, sitting behind me is Jeremy Tromberg, and behind, not behind him, in a way behind him, Kevin McGuire. Kevin will be up here with me the entire evening. Jeremy will be playing piano the entire evening. We have wonderful guests, much more talented people than I am. We have Brian Costello, we have Cameron Esposito, we have Trevor McSpadden. It's going to be a very good evening. Uh, tonight, uh, this is a little different. I'm starting off with uh, me talking in a microphone alone on stage rather than me talking over people on stage, so it's slightly different. So I went on my first audition ever uh, last week. I obviously didn't get the part. So I'm just going to tell you the story I told them, and you can tell me where I went wrong. Okay. So I had my birthday party at this wonderful bar a few years ago. I was turning an age of whatever. So uh, that's nice. It's normal. It's a fun night. Lots of people here. It's on a weekend night. Well, two doors down... Is a, is a very nice apartment, and in that apartment lived a man who dressed up as Batman. He dressed up as Batman whenever he was sad and lonely, which was like three nights a week, and he'd come in this bar and drink Budweiser's. When he came in this bar and wasn't Batman, he drank vodka tonics. I asked Batman about that, and he goes, when I'm Batman, I can't have too much to drink because I have to defend crime. Also, <laughs> Batman is from Texas. So, Batman from Texas would come into the bar occasionally, and it was very odd. Well, on my birthday night, uh, I had a lot of friends, and for some odd reason, my suicidal mother came in. And my suicidal mother doesn't drink, and she really should. And she sits at the bar, about ten feet from where I'm looking. And she's sitting here, and Batman comes in, and Batman's having a grand old time, and Batman is in the bar, and there's a lot of people, and there are lots of attractive females and males, and Batman's dancing with everybody. Batman has five Budweiser's, and decides to come on stage, on this very stage, and Batman starts doing the twist. Batman's doing the twist, and then my mother, my suicidal mother and Batman, lock eyes. My mother says, why are you doing that? And Batman says nothing for about ten seconds, and he goes, I don't know. And Batman leaves, and he never comes back, and he moved back to Texas, where Batman is safe from my mother. So, on that note, thank you for coming, everybody. You almost ready to play? I'm ready to play. There you go. See why I didn't get the job? All right. <laughs> Kevin McGuire, Jeremy... Tromberg. Kevin McGuire, Jeremy Tromberg. Tromberg. Brian Costello's coming up. Comedian Cameron Esposito's coming up. Wonderful musician Trevor McSpann is coming up. Thank you for coming. Drink your drinks. We're going to start in about a minute. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Jeremy Tromberg. All right. How does it sound? Is it too loud? Is it too quiet? Medium? It's a little loud. It's a little loud. Thank you for your input, sir. I appreciate that. And that wasn't sarcasm. How are you? I'm doing great. All right. Kevin McGuire has just Hi. turned the big 3-0. That's right. Which is awful in everyone's life. Yeah. What has changed since you've turned 30? Well, quite a few things have changed. I have a wife who's mad at me all the time now. I also have a mortgage. Uh, three kids, and they're always texting all the time. I don't know what they're telling They're probably sexting, actually. Um, I think Sarah Palin's kind of hot now, where I didn't before. All right, stop. Why does turning 30 make you attracted to Sarah Palin? She's attractive, period. It doesn't really matter. Well, now I kind of believe in what she's talking about. Okay, finish your bit. <laughs> Come on, finish your bit that's going over so well. Yeah, it is. All right, no. I've got to change the page. You, you really, you didn't, you couldn't fit this all on one giant notebook. <laughs> that is the strangest laughter from one of the saddest men I know. Um, okay, and the week, okay, because this was last week, right? My birthday was on know. Wednesday. Okay. When the week started, I thought the healthcare plan was a really good idea. 
then the week ended and I kind of hate it now. I'm letting you bomb. It's fun. That's cool. No, I like it. All right. Um, it's because I'm 30 now. I like it now. You, now you're a Leno fan and this is just working exactly. out really I well. like everything I used to hate. This just got awkward and yeah. quiet. Your, yeah. your stuff didn't go over as like you planned, did it? I didn't really plan for it to go over. Then why would you write it if it's not going to go because over well? Because I think it's funny. Do you actually think it's funny? I think it's hilarious, why do you? Is that because you drink a lot and you're here all the time? No, I just think it's funny. I have a weird sense of humor. Well, since the last time you were on the podcast, the good things have happened. You have a job now. Yeah, I do. How long were you on unemployment? Uh, on and off, about two years. Two fucking years. You lived the dream. I suppose I did. How many girls have you... Uh, <laughs> How many uh, girlfriends have you had since then? Um, zero. 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 All right, zero. This is starting out on a positive note. It is. I got kind of got back together with an old girlfriend. Does that count? How didn't she get married recently? Yeah, she did. You also told me that this girl never liked you when she was sober. I don't think so. No. Jesus, uh. you're just a sad <laughs> sack of shit, Kevin. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> you're so positive when I call you a sad sack of shit to your face. You, oh, wait, wait, you call me that behind my back? That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Are you happier now? Yeah, I think I am. I feel like, I should co- I feel like I'm counseling you for the past two years, and none of my Ditka advice worked. <laughs> well, I, I don't like mustaches. You don't like... You're, you have a mustache. No, I don't. I have, like, a whole thing. It's different. You barely have a whole thing. Right. You have fragments of that- nothing <laughs> on your face. Yeah. I'm just attacking you. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm used to it. That's one thing that didn't change when I turned 30. Me attacking you? Yeah. And you're used to it? Yeah. All right. All right, so we're going to do uh, two things tonight um, that are slightly different. Do you remember this or no? You have no idea what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, the last podcast, the last live show we did, uh, uh, somebody told me I used the word delightful. Oh, yeah. In about every sentence. And you do. And so I'm going to stop doing that. Right. And if, if I say the word delightful, you're going to spray me with the bottle because I'm like a cat. Exactly. And I think I've been swearing too much, specifically right. saying the word fuck as just a go-to adjective right. and adverb. I disagree, though. I like the word fuck. So instead of having some sort of deterrent, I bought cookies. So you're... Every time you say fuck, I'm going to give you a cookie. So I'm going to be a wet diabetic by the end of the evening. Yeah. All right. So I'm not going to say the word, audience member, that I can't refer to. Can I spray him? I don't care who you spray. <laughs> it won't reach. Now that you have a job, you can spray everybody and get away with it. You're a white male in Obama's America. This is the best time to be alive. That's not really a joke. It's great. Sure. Did you say some, someone said yikes to that? It meant nothing. You do say that. All right, before we get too insular and have a lot of inside jokes, uh, Brian, are you ready to come up? I am. All right, Jeremy, play the wonderful rock on tour, Brian Costello, to the stage. There you go. Oh, that was good timing. Thanks for doing this, Brian. Thanks for having me, Brandon. I appreciate it. Okay. The reason why I asked Brian Costello to the stage and the reason why I asked Brian Costello uh, in general is because you used to do a talk show. I did. Yes, I did. It's true. And besides that, you're one of the most fascinating people in the city that aren't total cokeheads. And I don't know if you are a cokehead. You could be a cokehead. But if you are a giant cokehead, you're one of the nicest. 
<laughs> I'm not, so thank you. Oh, thank you for doing this. Okay, so um, the I first time I uh, ever saw you, you were playing in a band, uh-huh. uh, a garage rock band, and now you're in a band, Johnny the Limelights. Right. Why are you in a band knowing that you're probably not going to make any money? Let's be honest. I'm up here. I'm going to be broke. I'm losing money. Why are you doing this? Why, why am I in a band? Why are you in a band if you're money? not going to make a ton of Coke money? I ask myself that every day. That's why my band doesn't play a lot. I just don't know any better, but I also don't... I, I just do what I like to do. It's fun, and, you know, I'm happy when people are dancing. You really are happy? Do so, you go to clubs? Do you go- a lot of I don't do this dancing. for money. I, I've been telling people I hope in the next life I can be a lawyer slash engineer, you know, and then make a TV show out of it, and then it might be some money that way, but, you know... This one, it's not working out. No, that would be a that. really good show if David E. Kelly wrote it, I think. There'd I, be a lot of moving cameras, a lot of walk and talks. Yeah, yeah. Do you know really who David great. E. Kelly is? He's the creator of Ellie McBeal and the show Boston Legal. And The Practice. Ooh, and The Practice. Was the, what I do. I was wondering, um, time out. Will you say fuck so I can have a cookie? Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right. three. Oh, that's three. Okay, I have one for Sarah. Oh, okay. And Dan. Hi, Dan. Is, is Sarah hypoglycemic or something? Does she need it? No, no, we're okay. just, uh, just like dessert time. Okay, had a nice dinner tonight. There you go. Thank you. Thanks for the cookie. Those are his, though. Oh, thanks for the cookie, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> Nothing says uh, quality mm. like eating on microphones. Mm. Mm. I really wouldn't put those cookies on that table, sir. <laughs> Let's just think about this. Oh, it's fine. Second. Did you ever eat cookies on your talk show? I did. We, uh, we... Well, okay, I'm going to tell you this story about when I did the show. Because, I love when guests have materials um, prepped. I, I, did, I didn't prep this, but um, I had a friend who I had on the show who was going to do the grand prize game for the Bozo show, but the Bozo pewter had already picked a boy, so he was discriminated against. It was yep. sexism. You That's know, they true. Said boy, and then you know the one boy won, and then the com- the computer. You remember the Wait, Bozo pewter? You what, guys know I don't the Bozo, know the Bozo pewter. pewter. Okay. Um, the, the Bozo Buckets game is a, is a classic Chicago game, apparently around the country, except for you, because you're an idiot. Right. So the Bozo Buckets game is a, the grand prize game, and there's six buckets. And with each bucket, you get a prize. Well, on every show of the Bozo show, right. one girl, one boy. And the way they would pick that is that there'd be a white arrow scanning the crowd, and that's it. And whoever it landed on won the prize, or got to play the game. Exactly. Yeah. And your friend was discriminated against. Well, they had already picked a boy. The bozo pewter did not compute, and they had, yeah. to, you know, so he was <laughs> traumatized for life. So we tried to make up, make it up to him, and then he got to play that. What did he win? Archway cookies. Oh, you actually got some archway yeah, cookies. Yeah, yeah, we did. The we reason did. why we're talking about this for people listening and not in this uh, very small room is we play bozo buckets whenever we do the live podcast because I need a way to get rid of uh, old porno key change and little tequila bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have lots of that you will have later on. Um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the first time I met you is when we did a zine reading together about eight years ago. And you have my favorite zine title of all time. I really hope this is you because I didn't ask you about this. <laughs> the New England Journal of My Ass. Was that you? That was me. Thank yeah. God. That would have yeah. been very awkward. I, I love that name. By That's the way. a great, That's great, great name. Thank you. Yeah. Why, when did you start doing zines? Why did I? Or when? when? Both. Let's do both. Oh, Make this man. easier for me, sir. This was all... Uh, Mid '90s, I did some, okay. you know, and uh, wrote for some, and then the New England Journal. My ass was just stories that weren't getting accepted that I thought were still good, so I just printed them out and uh, you know left them in places. So you yeah. really had a strong alliance to independent publishing. I did, yeah. Is that what you're I, saying? No, I, I got mean, a question. I did in a way. Yeah, sure. Was it peer reviewed? 
The New England <laughs> Journal? That's a good question. Good job, co-host. Thanks. Yes, it was. It was peer-reviewed. <laughs> Reviewed by Pierce. Yes. All right. You also um, published one of uh, my favorite books. I just, I'm just kissing your ass. This is very odd. Thank you. Um, did I swear in that? I said ass, but that's not the F word, and I'm not saying it because I don't want to get a cookie. Yeah. Unless you want a cookie. I'm good. I have two here. I'm going to share. The name of the... Well, we're getting to the book, sir. All right? Stop heckling from the author. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Enchanters versus Sprawlberg Springs. Do you want to talk about the... Is it the name of... The, am I pronouncing it correctly? That's the name of the book, yeah. Okay. That's exactly uh, right. Do you want me to describe it, or would you like to? Go, no, you go ahead. Well, let's yeah. see if I remember this from <laughs> reading it years ago. So, it's about this band in Florida, correct? I'm going to uh, fact check this throughout. Yeah, yeah. It's a in Florida that you wrote and obviously remember quite well. Um, and it's just about this band forming it's from the point of view of the drummer, and it's one of the best band books you'll ever read because this band kind of makes it, kind of does, and it's like if you got on – I'm staring at Kevin for no reason. Right. If you were on Touch and Go in like 97 and then you got to play to like clubs around the country for like 200 people, that would be making it. Like that kind of band. Really good, really fun band. How did you write that book, um, besides the actual putting words in a computer and then getting it sent to a publisher? Uh, what was the inspiration for that book? Why did you want to write about a band? Usually they suck. Why was yours good? Now answer that, and then tell me how much money you make a year. <laughs> well, I just got my tax returns finally, so I can tell you that. Um, I, I'm just fascinated with, uh, I guess, the... Uh, delusional nature of me. You ask me, like, you know, yeah. you're never going to make it in a band, you know, but you do this anyway, and you meet so many people that are musicians that are like, I'm going to make it. And they don't even know what that means or the amount of work that goes into it. Well, and, si- uh, real quick sidetrack. Have you ever met someone that says, I'm going to make it, that wasn't A, insane, and B, produced good music? Um, A, no, B, yes. <laughs> really? That's surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... I just, you know, it was, but a lot of it was just also I was inspired by what I was doing at the time, playing Mm -hmm. in bands and seeing a lot of exciting things happening. And then also uh, just this, I I was fascinated by just bands that might put out one record, one seven-inch record and copies of ten that end up on compilations decades later. And, uh, you know, not just punk rock, but even like lately, Numero, Numero Group. Oh, the Numero that, Group, know. for those that don't know, is this amazing soul reissue label in Chicago. Everything they put out is really, really good. Go buy it. It's expensive, but worth it. Yeah, definitely. And it, so it was like this idea of, uh, uh, I guess Bulgakov said, you know, manuscripts don't burn. So it was like things always find a way of reaching audiences somehow. That's a, and so that's a positive message. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about. All of that as you go on, and then people still do this, and why do you do this? Yeah. And you feel like, well, this is who I am, and I need to do this. What book are you working on now? It's called Losing in Happy Town. It's about losing. It's just all the different happy variations town? of losing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thanks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brian is not just a writer. He works in a record store. Yeah, believe it or not. Which makes him a lot sadder, because I used to work in a record store. How is that job going? A lot of customers feeling good about that? Big I future? work in Lincoln Square. Is anybody here from Lincoln Square? Sometimes. Fuck that neighborhood. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For those that don't know, Lincoln Square is on the north side of Chicago off of the Brown Line. Probably the, one of the safest neighborhoods. If you're, Not really. Really? In Lincoln Square? Just random crazy old people around and crazy yeah, but drunk they're German, people. Crazy. So you can easily ignore oh, right, so no know. Germans would ever They're do too old to, to n- annihilate anybody at this point. <laughs> yeah. No. 
They can't even push their three tiered stroller around. It's fine. Last last uh, when is the May Fest there? Like uh, May? No, it's in April. It's actually in I April. I think it is so, in April. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like because it's not in May, and um, the, you know German Fest. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's having fun, and we're working at the store. Everything's great. Everybody's having a great time. And then this woman comes in, and she's dressed in a brown shirt. She has a sign that says something in German. And we're all having fun. She's like, hey, this is great. Oh, you have all... And then, you know, behind the counter's all these buttons. Look at all the buttons. And hey, look at my button. And underneath her collar, she had a swastika. And we're what? Like, yeah. And we're all like, we're all like, hey, we're having fun. And we're, you know, and then we look... Oh, God. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's I swear great. To I swear to God. And uh, I don't see enough swastikas in my day-to-day well, button life. <laughs> Well, hang out in uh, that part of town more, I guess. I don't know. That's so great. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, problem you have there. I don't... All right. Let, back to the talk show host type thing. Okay. What should I do to be better? Because there's a lot of room for improvement, obviously. <laughs> what can I do to make it more fun and not drink so much beforehand <laughs> and after and during? I'm not aging well, Brian. How could I be better? I think you're doing fine. I'm doing okay now because yeah. this is, if you have never been to the Hungry Brain, everyone looks way better at this light. I didn't swear or I'm say worried delightful. you're going to say delightful. If I say delightful intentionally and point at you, you can't spray me. <laughs> this bar, everyone looks fuckable in a great way. <laughs> That's why you're saying, no, it's a, no, I didn't. Fine, I'll have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the cookie. All right. There we go. Uh, you're doing fine. No, come on, man. No, okay. There's, I, I think the things that you have to do, and, and you're you're doing them all. Like you know, most importantly, ah, uh, what about this? Ah, uh, you know, so a lot of people do that, and they do shows. Like I've been doing this as I answer the questions. Uh, that's okay because know. that's my responsibility to get you away from the verbal fillers. Yeah, I would. It's say, really hard to talk with cookie in your mouth. <laughs> I, I commend you. I'm not doing as well. Someone's phone's ringing. I would say you know, like, you don't have to. Call attention to that, you know, just have fun. That's so a not, good part of a talk. So show. that's the only thing I can do. Don't alienate the audience. No, uh, <laughs> I'm qu- going to give them. You're doing good questions. You know, you're doing fine. You're not doing the three questions in one. You know, uh, what'd you have for dinner? What's your book about? How much money? Did you- oh, you did do that. I did okay, that. sorry. <laughs> I did that, and you never answered the most important part. We're seeing who's buying drinks later. A buck eighty. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. a good haul. That's good, man. That's good. You're buying so, the drugs tonight. Okay, I will. I will. I will. Uh, Anything else is that? Uh, you have to sign my book uh, next time I come in. Oh, Not I will. this book. Okay. The kids book. Okay, we're going to end this interview like we end every interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, Ph.D., and then Brian is going to play the grand prize game, and you're not going to get many because it's a really hard game. Have you ever played it? Uh, not professionally, no. Not, this not is like definitely professional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very American colored buckets. That's the reason to come to the brain to see the colored buckets. Okay. So, Brian, I need you to pick a question between 1 and 260. This is this a bu- 69, I- dude. <laughs> Fine. Once you hear this question, it's extremely inappropriate for that number. Would you like your parents to touch, cuddle, and hug each other more or less than they do now? What about having them touch and hug you more or less often? That's inappropriate in many different ways. Because Gregory Stock, PhD, is a dirty man. So kids ask those questions of their parents, or what, what's the uh... the idea behind the book? Is uh, actually my mother. I made my mother read uh, all 260 of these to me in one night, because she was a single parent and lonely and sad and suicidal. She had a lot of time on her hands. Okay. So 
Now you, sir, do you want your parents to feel up each other, tits and nibs and stuff like that? Or do you, they want you to feel your nubbins and stuff? <laughs> More or less. I, I feel like I'm on Fox News. I'm going to reject the premise of this question. <laughs> and uh, I think they give the appropriate amount of affection oh, that's to, not, are your to each other. Together? Let's talk about your parents. They're still yeah. together, yeah. Oh, They've that's been married great. for, uh, what, 40 years now? Yeah, just 40 years in July. Wow, that's not right. You know that, right? It's very rare. Yeah. I yeah, was, uh, yeah, I know. For I know. someone that is a writer, you no, that's wrong. Are you sure your mother wasn't <laughs> the woman with the Nazi pin? That would make a lot more sense. No, she was not. She's not. Uh, no. When you retell that story, no. you should change it around. So, so my mother was, didn't yeah. recognize me. My yeah. mother, the Nazi, who goes to record stores on Mayfest in April. I think we Brian just wrote, uh, is it the next book of that's, no, yeah, be long form or just short stories? That's... Uh, It'll be both. I think it's you should just very throw that up, right in the middle yeah, yeah. with a centerfold. Are you ready to play the game? <laughs> I'm ready to play. Play him out of the game. Make up something fun and fancy, Jeremy. <laughs> Hurry up! There it is. All right. You know All right. They're so, so step up this way. Okay, now stop the fun and fancy time music! All right. Okay. There's the balls in the first bucket. You gotta give him the balls in the I bucket. I didn't realize I had to do You're that. You're my cookie. You have no idea what that means, do you? I don't. Okay, Cookie was Bozo's right. co-host. Uh, cookie is great because he looked like a sad uncle, and Bozo just was like doing him a favor, like community friendship type, like a big brother for like a six-year-old man type of thing. It was so nice that Bozo was friendly to Cookie. Cookie's life was so sad. So was good it? job, Cookie. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, so Brian, you here's step, the you one have rule. You have to be at the edge of the stage, right? Why do you got to say like you're going to hit him? Just say the heels on the back of the stage the and we're good to for go. for the edge of the stage. You might fall and die. That's the fun. But you might win really good prizes. They're great. In order. One, right. the, go the for blue the bucket, bucket first, and then, and then two, then, then three, then four, then yeah. five, then six. Well, let's say like the prizes for each one. Yes, if you get the bucket, we will give you the prize. Okay. Yes. We don't tell you. Then you have ringers. Okay. All right, so Kevin, narrate this for Christ's okay, sake. He's about to he doesn't the have a microphone. Ball. And let's see what happens. Drum roll, please. Uh, uh, all right. He made oh, yeah. it. Okay, now give him all a prize. Right. Give him a prize. I'm the abusive dad. What did he win? What did he win? He won a record. Uh, Glenn Campbell, Gentle on My Mind. Awesome. Which goes along to the mom question. There you go. All right, bucket number bucket two. Bucket number two. Oh, Jeremy, that's awesome. Keep that up. He, oh, he made, he made it. it. You know what I like about the crowd? Sometimes they get the most excited when you win a prize. It's yes. really nice. And this is a puzzle that has some Japanese characters on it. Right. We got that for you if you like to fuck children. Right. We don't want to judge. <laughs> I guess he doesn't. He doesn't want to do it. I don't think he wants you? to. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's right. Here's... Here's your cookie, Brandon. I don't want All right, trying for number three. No, bucket now. number three. It's a white bucket for all you people at home. Oh, he, he didn't make it. Oh, oh, that oh, was man. amazing! Did everyone hear that delightful music? Okay, you can I spray did. me in the face once. Oh man, that was really good. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Brian's got one more thing before he leaves the stage. That's a strong spray. I didn't think it would be strong you enough. Industrial bottle. Holy shit. All right. Well, I did get it at Costco. So, 
No, I can swear. I just can't say the F word. Okay, could you hand me the uh, prize package closest to you? We're going to present Brian with some gifts. If you ever are a guest on the live podcast, you get some random gifts. Like these wonderful gifts. Brian, for being on the show tonight, you've just won a booby keychain. All right! So Thank you. So that's for you. That's they hot. actually have boobs. It's not just like a stupid person. Squishy and squeezable, it says on the uh, cover here. You also just won instant sticker collection, mini stickers to collect and trade with friends. You won Beavis and Butthead. Wow. <laughs> Those are from our friends at Uncle Fun. Very nice. Very you nice. just won this Anne Nice novel because she's a real writer. So there you go. Right. Oh, boo! <laughs> boo! Why wasn't she successful with the vampire stuff? Are you being serious? She sold more books than everybody. Uh, I think the Twilight Lady has probably oversold her. Stephanie Myers? Yes. You don't even know your Twilight history. I don't. I don't. My mom wrote Twilight. Okay. Okay. And finally, you just won this delightful tequila set of uh, a shot glass. You said delightful. All right. I hope I ruin all of your equipment. Thank you. And a, and a thing, and I got that for you in case you drove here so you can get pulled over <laughs> while squeezing your booby keychain, putting stickers on the front of the window, and reading your Ann Nice Rice novel. Right. That was the plan. So now you got a whole evening plan. Thank you so much for Brian. Where's your team? Let's plug some stuff. Do you have anything to plug, Johnny and the Limelights? Yes. Uh, let's see. What's going on? Uh, we're playing April 15th. It's a casual day. It's a tax day office party at the hideout, so uh, please wear casual clothes if you go there. Uh, khakis, Oxford shirts, you know the drill. Um, yeah. That's the next thing I can think of off the top of my head. That's, that's going just on, fine. So. Thanks for Brian. Please, Thanks, please, guys. please clap for Brian. Thanks. Jeremy's going to play him off the stage. Everybody, we're not done. I'm going to go have a cigarette. You're going to stick around. We're going to give away prizes. Throughout the evening, if you want to play Bozo Buckets, you will you will get prizes. Uh, Jeremy, for the love of God, please All play right. some something. All right, thanks everybody. Jeremy Tromberg, everybody, please clap for Jeremy Tromberg. If you're interested in the music of Jeremy Tromberg, he is in a very very good band called the Ragtones. See, that's your plug, Jeremy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I really do like your band. That's not a joke. Hopefully, his band will be playing here soon. All right, our next guest is uh, very, very, very funny. I've seen her probably more than any other comedian and comedian Either in one. this city. Yeah. What? Either one. Either one. All right, good. She's uh, she has a brand new album out, and this is this is great. This is the most professional thing I've ever done. It's this. It's Cameron Esposito. Grab them a gas, and I'm putting that up there, even though there's no camera on me. Anyways, it's very, very good. Coming to the stage, everybody. Cameron Esposito. Please, please clap. Before oh. you start, Cameron, would you like a tamale? Or five. I'm okay. Thank you. Thanks, Claudio. Yeah. Thanks so much. I just ate uh, sushi. How was the sushi? I'm sorry. <laughs> do, your, do, your, do your stuff. Oh, should I? Oh, now I, now I, do you want to do the interview first? It's all very... I don't know. What do you want to do? Now that there's tamales here, I think we should just converse. There's like cookies and there's bozo buckets. This is a very... If you say professional, you're wrong. No, not, uh, I was going to say this is like an obstacle course. It is like an obstacle course. For stand-up. Hurry. Um, yeah, do you want me, how, how about we tell some, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> how are you doing, people not on stage? Adequate. You're specific. I've been watching you all night, and you're a specific fella. And I do see your, like, laser pen light. What are you, oh no, you're smoking, it's an electronic cigarette. 
Those are so weird. <laughs> Not, I mean, how do you like it? It works, mostly. Mo- mostly it works. You do realize it makes you look exactly like the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> You, not you, at one, everybody. Every, there's nobody. I'm down with that. You're down with that. People notice you. That's true, and especially now that you have a light up cigarette. What do you think of electronic cigarettes, Ren? You want to lean in and it's talk odd. about it? It's very odd. It is, it's weird. It's, it's a weird thing. It's I don't the know future of death. <laughs> um, okay, so it's springtime. I feel are you guys ordering tamales? Yes. Are you really? That's awesome. Get your tamales and then come come sit closer. <laughs> I'm serious. This is going to make it better for everybody. I want to chat to you. Get up here. Everybody just get their tamales <laughs> and get their beer and cut. somebody sit in this little rose chair right here. Why would you not? I'm going to be really famous someday. <laughs> I'm invite there's a chair over here you could face the wall. <laughs> like you're in trouble. Someone want that? There's these chairs right here. Cameron, could you stop making it seem like no one's in the bar to the listener at home? No, there's a lot of people in the bar, but they're far away and in a line, which is not my <laughs> ideal. Like, everybody's... Like, I, I am facing a line of people at the bar, <laughs> so I really can only see one person's head. You know, but that's actually... That's in my rider. <laughs> it is. In it's in line? my rider. If I play the Lakeshore Theater, I'm like, take out the seats. <laughs> actually, just... Can you just raise the... Uh, the entire back of the theater. I want everybody in a single file line down Belmont. <laughs> and I would like to be outside without a PA. <laughs> and if it could be raining, that'd be better. Thank you. You were great up here just a minute ago. Yeah. Um, okay, hi. See you later. Yeah, see you. Buenos noches to you. I hope you, I hope you do good business. The tamale guy, listeners at home. <laughs> Hardest working man in show business. He is. I've been at so many shows that he walks into. And he's so comfortable. That's why I like him. You know what I mean? He's got, he's just like, whatever. And then he does his thing. Like, and just yelling. That guy was actually really, there's like a couple of them. There's like two or three. There are two. And Claudio is the tamale guy. Right. The other guy is an asshole and needs to die. He's essentially the terrorist of tomorrow. I don't think we need to say die. No, hey, hey, no, hey, hey. No, no, hey. no. I am pro-genocide to that one tamale guy. That's not genocide. Well, I'm pro-assassination. Nope. To, well, if murder. there's more, if you he has tamale murder. children, and when I say tamale children, yes. I don't mean, I the mean literally tamales that he makes need to be killed as well. Okay. Because he does not throw away his tamales he does not sell. Claudio does. All right. Let's get back to Cameron Esposito's stand-up, everybody. I just know that both of them, you're like, it's just, I like it. Okay. This is going well so far, because we keep keep staying on track. I keep staying on track. Oh, it's springtime! Isn't it? A little bit? Not right where I'm sitting, because it's very hot right in that exact section of the bar. But everywhere else it kind of... Wait, that is springtime. What is temperature? <laughs> I just landed an hour ago on a plane, and I'm confused about the world. Um, it's springtime. I'm happy about this because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bike rider. People who ride their bikes, come on, this is the hungry brain. Who rides their bikes? I see your tiny hat, sir. I know what that means. Um, other cyclists? Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I don't know. Are you a really hardcore 
Like, I, I don't ride in the winter because I don't own enough face masks. You ride all winter. Give it up for that, dude. <laughs> and are you eating a tamale? Yeah. Way to decrease your carbon footprint even more. You're like, I, only, I also only eat food that's hand-delivered to me on foot. <laughs> and I'm a, bi- I'm a cyclist. And if anybody walks by with food, then that's what I eat. <laughs> I'm a walk by terrarian. <laughs> I like you. I like this, I love getting back on my bike. I had a really awesome thing happen to me last summer on my bike. Uh, actually, on Belmont, just on Belmont. I was I was, uh, which is the street we're on. Listeners at home. I don't know why I looked over there at nobody <laughs> when I addressed the listeners, like as if as if I had to speak into the ephemera. Um, last summer, I got pulled over by the police for running a stop sign on my bicycle. Give it up for that. That's amazing. <laughs> that is a grand achievement. That is super dweeby. You can't, I don't think, the only way I could have topped that is if I had been pulled over for speeding because I'd been riding so fast in order for my hand-painted miniatures to dry, which I'd lined up on my handlebars. <laughs> I'm late to, pay, to play Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm an ogre. You know, like, this is... This is how I could have... I'm sorry, officer, but nobody's getting between me and Comic-Con. Because <laughs> Stana Loken's there, and I have this Terminator 3 action figure mint, which I do have. Um, I liked this because I was very upset. Who, who here is... Anybody deterred by authority figures? Like, anybody just kind of recoil into themselves? Yeah, okay, me. And I'm going to say something controversial. This, this police officer was mean to me, guys. What? <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? I'm going to, like, ah, the cops. Ah, they got me. Um, she, she was yelling at me. She said, like, look me in the eye when I'm talking to you. And I said, I, if I look you in the eye, I'm going to cry. And she said, she said, well, then in that case, repeat back to me everything I just said. I said, we're not dating. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Just held out my hands. Cuff me. And then we were dating. In the back of her squad car, am I right? Making out. Oh, boy. One time I was riding my bicycle past a gang of street toughs. I was wearing a helmet, jean shorts, you know, what I always wear. <laughs> a, a lady in this gang of street toughs yelled at me as I was riding past. She said, she, this is what she yelled as I rode past. She said, slut! I was like, what I yelled back was, what I'm offended by most is your inaccuracy! That's not a slutty look. It's not. Like, if she'd been like, safe but unhip accessories, I would have been like, fair. But that lady was off base. I don't take kindly to that. I'm a nanny. When I'm not a hilarious stand up comic, give it up for that. I'm raising your children, universe. I like it that there are parents out there that are progressive enough to be like, what are we looking for in a nanny? Oh, Somebody with a dry wit and no sense of a bedtime. We'll hire that stand-up comic. 
My nanny kid is awesome. She's three years old. We've been working together since she was one. I just feel like I'm really affecting her development. Like, I am. I mean, the other day I was sitting on the floor with my legs stretched out right in front of me. She came and she laid down between my legs and she looked up at me and she said, I'm the hot dog, you're the buns, cover me with mustard. (laughs) I said, you're listening. (laughs) Go and tell the world what you've been taught. I just hope she grows up weird, you know? Right? Six foot six guy knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I I like you. What is your name? James. James. What do you do for a living? Libraries. Yes, you do. You do libraries? That's not an answer. That's so, you, you just sexualized libraries. Who could do that? What do you do for a living? Libraries. (laughs) Shoot. Because I'm the world's foremost library-themed porn star. That's right. Just a hole in the side. Um, (laughs) Cool. My nanny kid is... uh, She's also like... She's internalizing fear for the first time, which is a really interesting thing to watch someone go through. Because it used to be she was afraid of, like, puppets, you know, like, tangible things. Now she's afraid of the characters and scenarios that she sees in the movies I let her watch. Whoopsie-daisy. I'm like, you can't tell what Boogie Nights is about if you turn off the sound. You can't. That could be about anything. That's about maybe they're chefs. That's a lot of flour. I don't know what that is. That could be anything. It's a swim team. (laughs) <laughs> They're all on a swim team, maybe. <laughs> she was going to bed the other day, and she looked at me, and she asked me this question before she got to sleep. She said, Cameron, monkeys aren't going to carry me away in my sleep, are they? I said, we have got to stop watching The Jungle Book <laughs> and start watching Seven. Because <laughs> I don't want her to grow up afraid of cartoon monkeys. <laughs> I want her to grow up afraid of a single, white, straight, 40-something men. (laughs) That's who's going to carry her away in her sleep. (laughs) Yes. That's true. Murderers are. Mm. What was I doing recently? Oh, you guys... Hey, has this? We're in a bar, so maybe this has happened to people in here. I'm assuming people here drink. <laughs> nah, nah, not really. I just like to watch other people make bad decisions. Um, I'm not a huge drinker, but I had this happen recently, and it was uh, it was disturbing enough that I might try and have it happen again. Uh, recently, during the throes of passion, you know, the throes, mid throw, <laughs> mid throw. Became hungover. <laughs> Has that ever... You're like tipsy, tipsy, everything's awesome, and you're like, okay, th- if your head could just stop spinning, can you... With your spinny head is making me nauseated at this point. I actually think what I said was, oh, that feels awesome, and if you do that again, I'm going to throw up on your face. <laughs> just as one sentence, because that's how quickly it happened. Just <laughs> yes-anded myself right through it. Does that ever happen to you guys? Over there? No. They looked at each other. Uh, I don't... You, no. 
I don't think so. No? Okay, no. Then, yeah. Cool. Are you guys a couple? Are you a dating couple? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. No, that's who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. How long have you been together? That's great. Good job. Nice job, guys. Close to two years. Now they're fighting about it. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could. This is this is the microphone doesn't go all the way over there. But closer to two years. I'm sorry. I think it's three years. I'm sorry. Wait. What's the argument about? Which, what do you think it is? One year? You think it's two and a half? <laughs> so close to two actually means more than two in this case. But you were rounding. Yeah, she's right. You know what? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you a line. And you turn and tell her this. Baby, it feels like we just met. Because when I look at you, I'm still so into you. <laughs> yeah, do it. I'm serious. Exactly. Yeah, give it up for that. It's hard to keep track of the time, you know, when you're feeling like everything's so rock star. No, you can stop. <laughs> so I'm a nanny. Go, do it. Do it. Always using the woman's bathroom the other day. Do it, guy. I, sometimes I say dirty things about women, so don't follow me when I say that. Because men can get away with less. I'm wearing a vest, but I'm still a lady. <laughs> I was recently hanging out with a, a lady who is a touch older than me in a smooching way. And by a touch, I mean 10 years. But she's a yoga instructor, so I guess negative five years my age, actually. In actual time. I started to do some research hanging out with her. I realized something. I don't know what happens between 28 and 38 exactly, but I know one thing. Whatever it is, it happens at Pier 1. <laughs> like, she just had a lot of wicker and dramatic bowls and statuary from religions she doesn't belong to. I have a terrible apartment where the shower drains don't drain properly, and I pee in that shower. <laughs> That guy's shaking his head. <laughs> Where did I lose you? You pee in the shower. Come on. First thing in the morning, that feels awesome. Why would you stop if you could just get right in? And this just became an infomercial, but I stand by myself. Do you want my drink? Thank you. No, you're right. Thanks. Are you a landlord? <laughs> Because I'll move into your apartment, is what I'm saying. If that's your biggest dream, is for my shower drain to work better, then I want to live where you are. I think we just are going to move in, actually. <laughs> I think that was just negotiated. What else? Did anyone, anyone, any requests? <laughs> that doesn't, you can't yell that at a stand-up comic. Because I don't have a thing for to make music with. Because a voice is not an instrument in this case. It's, uh, it's, it's my malleable art form. I, I don't know what it is, but I can't sing with it. It cracks like a baby boy. An adolescent boy, actually, who's grown up from being a baby. He was a baby once. And soon he'll be a man. 
but now he's cracking and has it. I get catcalled a lot. Does this happen to anybody here? That guy. I know with the beard. For those of you that are like, wait, what does that mean? There's always like one person, seriously, that's like, I don't know what that term is. I'm like, well, to be catcalled, that's when someone tries to convince you to have a romantic relationship with them by terrifying you. That's what that is. (laughs) What? I'm pretty close to home. No, that's the definition, sir. (laughs) It's exactly close to home. What are you doing right now? Is that how you feel that? Yeah. It's so specific. There's a tiny toolkit. It has like an eyedropper in it and like a pusher thing to... All right. Oh, really? This is making you self-conscious? No, I'm saying I'm past it. <laughs> <laughs> Has this become some weird avant-garde play that I no one else so. is part of? I don't understand what's going on. Well, I like it. We're talking about electronic cigarettes and the meaning of life and shower drains. I know. That is and Godot is outside, by the way. Do you want to just switch to the... Well, let, let me finish this, then we'll switch to the interview. Of course. That? Whatever you want. It is whatever, Yeah. Okay, so usually I find when people cat call you, it's, it's like one of two scenarios. It's either like dudes with uh, visible tattoos that are reasonable facsimiles of their family members. <laughs> <laughs> There's many of them, and they're in a car that looks like it's been hit slightly from all directions. <laughs> you're like, how could that, how could you have been in that many small accidents? I parked my car at Jewel and I left for two and a half weeks. I was just like, whatever happens, I'm still driving that white SUV. Or, yes it is, it's probably a Bronco. And it's probably OJ. Oh, look at that. We're making it all make sense. And then there's another type. There's like, a dude alone. And when that person cat calls you, like, because I find like when the first, the first group, like what if it's a group, they always catch you off guard. So it always happens like the weirdest moments. I don't have my comebacks ready. Like I always, um, they they tell something. They'll say something disgusting. Like put your vest in my mouth. I don't know what they say, but it's disgusting. <laughs> and I'll be like, and I'll be like, oh, you know, like that's what I'll. But the other kind of like the, when the other dude says something, the dude alone. That's the one you don't talk back to, you know, because that's the one that's a murderer. <laughs> Like, the other guys are just trying to impress their friends. That guy's like, what did you just say about my nail beds? I don't want to go to your basement. I just got over watching that Law & Order SVU marathon. (laughs) Please leave me alone. That's the one where you actually turn down a dark alley. You're like, this actually seems safer than walking next to your cutlass Sierra. (laughs) (laughs) But I recently came across... uh, a third type of cat collar, and I feel like this might be the type that would be a patron of the hungry brain, actually. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, dorky cat collar. Dorky cat collar. Nerdy cat collar. Like me, I'm super into like nerd chic. This was this was these were apparently my kind of fellas. Because I'll say this, they were in a Volvo station wagon. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. They were wearing ties. All right, so was I. <laughs> Little side note: men wearing ties. Very conservative. Women wearing ties, extremely liberal. You figure it out. Unless they're in the military, then, <laughs> then both conservative, but maybe closeted. Um, 
So these dudes, they rolled past me. It was like as if they were in the middle of game night and they were like, I've had it. I've had it with this Scrabble. Who wants to go get Frosties? And then they ran into me on their way to Wendy's. <laughs> That's what I felt like. Because they rolled down their window and they yelled this. They yelled the dorkiest and it was so endearing. This is the cat call that they yelled at me. They said, one of them said, I like you for you. I was like, well, first of all, I was queued up for something more aggressive. So they said that. I yelled back, you're a nutsack. (laughs) Which seems like too much now that I think about it. Like I should have said, you can't know that. Come to a show. And then just flyered him. (laughs) Two for one. Good day. Get the Frosties with the mix-ins. (laughs) Those are good. Uh, Yeah, should we talk? Let's talk. Cool. Jeremy, play for camera while she walks five feet over. Jeremy, that was so dramatic and perfect. Thank you so much for playing. Cameron, how are you doing? Did you just spill a drink, Jeremy? No, I did not. Okay. It was off. Cameron, would you Tori, like a cookie? it was off camera. Would you like this? a cookie? She's got a... Sw- no, you have to swear so she can have a cookie. Would you like a cookie? Because if you say no, then I will not swear. I probably do. Fuck. Have a cookie. <laughs> I know myself enough to know I probably do. Cameron, I know that you usually don't write material for the room you're playing. Yeah. But you did mention both D&D and Scrabble and being a dude driving a Volvo. Did you know that you were going to be doing this and you're like, I got to have my D&D material prepped? Because if there's one Wait, thing about this bar... Is it's it a and d bar? Is it really? You play D&D. <laughs> I'm looking at you, and I'm like, this why are you know. not knowing that already? I didn't know. Isn't this on your regular schedule Yeah, but I just thought D&D that was another thing. You live thing. in this bar. Kind of. Whatever almost. this bar is, whatever you are becomes this bar. I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's my like, house, when I'm at my house, it becomes this that's bar. Just, that's a stopover. That's your hostel, and right. this is your home. Okay. Cameron, how, thanks for doing <laughs> this. Thanks so much for having me. Do you think people want to hear the, chew, the, the chewing of the cookie at home? I don't think they have an option. It's up to you. I you, think they you're should. You're your own person. Oh, wow. That actually does. You, you did really well on that. Do you want to... I'll fill up some nonsense until you digest. I'm a professional, so I know how to use the microphone. If you speak directly into the top of it, or chew. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... That'll protect it the best. You want to talk about the album first or later? Let's talk about... Oh, whatever. Not whatever. What uh, uh, we have lists. We prepped. We did yeah, our interviews. I know. Um, <laughs> we can talk about whatever. I just got, yeah. You got cookie in your mouth. Yeah. And water. Oh, and that's yeah. not a, like a, an analogy. You literally have cookie in your mouth. I wonder if that's a sex term. If you have cookie in your um, mouth. What? You have, yeah, if you oh, have, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you, sir. If you have cookie in your mouth, you're blowing the old dude from Bozo oh. that happens to be deceased. So you're blowing a dead That's man that wore better. a clown makeup. That is gross. So go to sleep thinking of that, people. Yeah, I will. <laughs> and speaking of blowing clowns, you toured with a circus, and that's not a joke. No, that's not a joke. That's reality. That's my you life. You tour with a circus. Yeah, isn't you're, that cool? It is kind very of. cool. The fact that you're alive makes it cool because, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you, why do you tour? What do you assume happens at on circus tours? That Everything you think I from be alive? the film, the TV film It by Stephen King. Oh no! Uh, but let me, let me, maybe I need to clarify what kind of circus this is. Um, it's an under, it's a punk rock underground circus, and our touring company is entirely female. So 
I would expect that not only did I come back from tour alive, but but full of the like the most exuberance for life that I've ever had. Because I'm a lady who likes to date ladies, and traveling for five weeks in a 14-passenger van with seven acrobats may or may not have been a dream come true. I don't know. You decide, guys. You. Let me tell you something about acrobats. They hate wearing clothes. <laughs> so and when they do, it's small and skin tight. You just described most high school theater departments. Yes. Um, I think so. I got more massages in high school at 16 <laughs> without kissing a boy or a girl than I have in my entire life. you got to go back to school. Shave that beard. <laughs> no, if I shave the beard, then I'm a pedophile. But if I keep the beard, then I'm just honest. Oh, and okay. then if you just leave a mustache, what does that make you? The worst person ever. Okay. Mm. Okay. Why are you touring? You're not an acrobat. You're a comic. What do you do for the circus? I'm the ringmaster. That's crazy. How do yeah, you? How do you cool. Could I do this? No, I'm not good. Um, could somebody good do this? Could a dude do this? Could a dude? Could a dude? Are you do this? in a sexist circus, Cameron? <laughs> we have. It just worked out that it was all women <laughs> that went on the road, actually, because we do have dudes that perform with us here in Chicago. It's also we also do monthly shows the first Saturday of every month here in Chicago. What do you do, Matt? Let's, at, let's um, plug this. It's called El Circo Chipo Cabaret, and it's at the Aloft Studio Space, which is a warehouse space. So, guys, what I'm trying to tell you is that. <laughs> Is that on a Saturday night, you could drive to an abandoned warehouse district um, near Damon Avenue, get out of your cars, go into a warehouse where nobody else is, and then walk into a circus and thus feel like, wow, I'm like the coolest in the no arts person in Chicago. That's how I feel. You know your crowd, definitely. You definitely know your crowd. Um, Here's here's my question. Uh, When I think circus performers and I think of uh, underground circus, punk rock circus, I think of smelly dudes. Now you say all women. Does that negate each other? How often are people showering? Do they use deodorant? How often are clothes washed? Is it a statement if I don't wash my clothes? Would I be able to go there and not have to spray everyone with Axe body spray? Not that I like Axe body spray. It's the worst thing ever. But would I spray it as punishment to defend my nostrils? Go. I, I probably showered the most of this group. Yeah, and, I and you were also yeah. sweat the least. Exactly. So I would not like this. Well, let me say this. They're like beautiful women. It you wouldn't matter. know that they don't I got shower. a girlfriend. I'm happy. I don't want to smell no, anything. No, I mean just to look at. Like you don't smell. Like how close that do you think get you're getting trouble. to these women? Within inches. Why are Three you getting inches. so close to these women? I'm an odd man. We need to talk about your... Space boundary your issues? space boundary I know. issues. I have lots yeah. of problems. That's why I'm on a stage. So everyone, if they come up to me, <laughs> they know something bad's going to happen. <laughs> and it's going to be recorded for posterity's sake if there's a lawsuit involved. No, I and I've already uh, okayed genocide. So I'm already on the low end. I think end you'd of, be fine. I don't think you, I don't think you would. I think you would. I think do you they would. smell bad? No. Good. That makes me happy. No, and they're now like, I they like know how circus. to do it. They're like circus performers. They know how to... They, like, don't wash their costume. It doesn't matter because they have, like, a certain method of, like, I Febreze it and spray it with vodka six times. Oh, okay. I, like, so run it next to a cat. And, like, it, there's, this, there's, like, so a method. So they just, they just smell like alcoholic laundry women. Yeah, I guess That's so. good. I like alcoholic laundry yeah, women. Yeah, exactly. That's how I smell most days. Let's talk about your new album. Yeah, sure. I can't believe this is so... Now, now Brandon, what did you say the name was? Because I missed it. Ex- said good it good oh, job, yeah. co-host, to plug the name yes. of the album. It's Cameron Esposito. Grab them aghast. Am I yes. saying that right? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um, the uh, good things about this record, uh, it's, it's your first record. 
Yeah. So it it's is. got all the greatest hits in a way. <laughs> yes. It's the ba- it's no different than a band's first album. That's where you're gonna put all the good shit. Not then, that you don't have other good shit, yeah. but this Number is what you've been two, working on forever. Like the first Number two will be terrible. Number two, yeah. that's your Coke album. That's right. yeah. Number three, psychedelic drug album. Number four, you get it back. You get it back. <laughs> Nirvana could do that. That's why he had to kill himself. Don't go that route. Go the Pearl Jam route. Do the Pearl Jam route. Does this make any sense to you? I'm. I, yes. I apologize. No, I mean, yes. I lo- Let's I plug like- your album. Why should people buy your album? You could lie. I like your album. Well, this is, this is why I made it audio um, only and not video. Uh-huh. And this is why I think people should buy it. Um, I, I, love the, I, like, I love audio. I love bringing audio with me places. Like I love podcasts. Thank like you. This one. Thanks. And I love listening to radio. And I love... Um, the community aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I think something that's super cool that sometimes people forget is that you can, like, throw this on. I actually just had a friend of mine today tell me that she and her girlfriend, like, threw this on and they drove to Wisconsin and they yeah. listened to jokes and, like, laughed yeah. together. And that's really, I mean, gosh, it's such an overarching answer, but if I was to say why am I doing comedy, it's so that people can sit together and laugh Aww. and feel community and be connected. And why that's cheesy and it's super true. Why aren't you doing this for overweight men that have drinking problems? Because that's what the majority of comedians are. <laughs> These don't seem yeah. to be the men in your wheelhouse. What's wrong with you? Why, don't, why aren't you attracted to overweight men yeah. that have drinking problems? Why Answer I, me that, Cameron. Well, that's why this is the perfect job, because I'm never going to mess it up by sleeping with too many coworkers. Good. Because my coworkers good. are repulsive to me. Speaking of repulsive coworkers. But I love them. Speaking of I just want to love them No, no, let's keep insulting. Away. Speaking of repulsive coworkers, uh, you host an open mic at Kohl's. Yeah, I with, do. What, with, with, with an Adam Burke. Who, Mr. Adam uh, Burke, Who's yeah. been on this show repulsive. before. Repulsive. He's not repulsive. No, I'm he's just, not. He's my best friend. He is not repulsive, but let's talk about the dudes at that open mic and the ladies at that open mm-hmm. mic. You're funnier than them. Why aren't they... <laughs> for sure. No, no, no. That is, for, that is for goddamn sure. Why aren't more people funny like you? Now answer that <laughs> open-ended question and be very insulting and name names so we could find them on Facebook and insult them. Now go. Do we? No, no, no. Um, no, uh, I do have an answer to this. No, don't actually name it's names. It's not about names. It's why... why it's why are people funny? People are funny when they have to, um, when they overdevelop humor as a coping mechanism for something that's gone on that's in their life. That's what makes someone funny. Which is why former fat kids are funny and <laughs> girls who had to wear an eye patch for eight years of their childhood, <laughs> not that I'm speaking about anyone specifically named me. Do you miss your eye patch? A lot, yeah. I wore an eye patch for a week in kindergarten when I sliced open my eye from ice hockey. I got so much underdeveloped pussy that week. It was great. <laughs> what? Oh, my. Oh. Uh, it was so good. You made a hand motion I when know. you did that. And kinda it was, like, I, I was, was kind of blocked a, by. I hope that I was people saw. A, did you see how gross that was? I was holding a goblet of nice. It didn't no. look, it looked like. It looked like olives, like black olives, like one for every <laughs> finger. No, you're making it sick. <laughs> Take that back. Oh, Take, I don't like it. No. Half of that was a joke. Okay. I don't know which half. Okay. Um, why do you do the open mic? You don't need to do the open mic anymore. Why do you host an open mic? For those I, of you that don't know, lots of comics. Um, if you're in, I've met a lot of comics that say they kind of hate it. Yeah, hosting the open mics. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love why hosting do you like an open doing, mic. You're, you're so great. First of all, doing I do it. need to keep doing open mics. Everybody should keep doing. But why doing do you run mics? your own room? You're touring. You have an album. Like most people that are touring have their own album and don't and are touring with a circus and touring as a stand-up <laughs> don't need to host an open mic. Usually, the people that host an open mic are relatively new. Why are you doing this? 
I'm not insulting you. I love no, Mike. No, I, I, I have. I also have a really specific answer to this. I'd like to hear it. Um, I think it's really important to create safe spaces for comedy to happen mm-hmm. for newer comics to get up on stage and not feel like they want to kill themselves when they yeah. get off stage, um, and also for an audience to not feel like they want to kill themselves when they go home. Open mics are. It's a really painful experience. Oh, it's, it's great. Un, it's it's inexperienced comics. And an audience, or maybe not an audience, maybe it's inexperienced comics talking to other inexperienced comics, or even like great comics every every couple. But it's it's. I just think. Um, I also think that like being a woman is really important in creating a, a space where women can get up and start their yeah, comedy career. Now that I'm thinking about it, there aren't many uh, women run open mics. I'm. I can't think of there any. is a there's an open mic at Shambles on Monday nights. And, is that it? And that's it. And yeah. there's like three open mics easily every night of the week, so yes. that's not a lot of people, right? So it's mostly and they're mostly run by dudes, which is which is fine. But I think it's great to create yeah, yeah. an alternative option to that. Yeah, and we do really well. We get fifty comics a week, and um, yeah, we if actually, you ever get if you're ever bored on a on a Wednesday night and you live on off the blue line, go to this open yeah, mic. Yeah, you come because even oh, I love this open mic. Out of anyone, it's my favorite because. It's it's very insular in a good way. Um, none of the comics want to see other comics fail, and well, that sounds odd. That's rare. Um, when I go to Shuba's, another open mic, I really enjoy seeing people. At, oh, I sound weird and creepy, like I'm recruiting people. Um, people like to see people fail there, but at your open mic, it's like let's actually cheer for people and do nice things. It's very very nice. And I think both are important. I mean, it oh, is yeah. important to have that experience of being like, oh, I actually really am terrible, and I need to work on it. But if you're not balancing that with a, with a great experience, then I don't know how you keep people yeah. doing this, and especially women, because it's harder to go to open mics as women than it is as men because there is a, a greater number of men and, and um, newer comics that are male sometimes have women as their target. And you're yeah. like sitting there for yeah. three hours waiting for your three minutes listening to misogynistic jokes. It can be really intense. That's why it's good that you and Adam are the co-hosts because you, you don't tear people apart. You tear their ideas apart if they need to be torn apart. Yeah, for sure. Which sounds negative, but it's really, really not. You're preventing homophobia. I am preventing good homophobia. Job. That's right. What's the goal? What's the goal of your stand-up? Uh, a lot of people want to be writers. A lot of people want to be actors. What's your goal? You know, it, it's weird. It, it actually changes a lot because... Um, I do mostly alternative rooms, which means not traditional brick-walled comedy clubs, mm-hmm. so like smaller theater spaces or um, bars or whatnot, and or bigger theater spaces. Um, there's not a clear path for that. Like, I don't want to be a road comic going to comedy clubs. I just happen to become a ringmaster. Things like that seem to mm-hmm. be coming my way. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I would end up in radio, or maybe I would... Maybe I'm going to be... Like a Maria Bamford type of a comic that that gets to play really excellent theaters and be her own person a little bit more. That's a good serious. An- that's a fresh air answer. Dude, I'm so serious. I'm such a serious person. Isn't it weird, guys? I am too. And because I'm wearing a tie, that makes me a Republican. In yeah. Your, yeah. In yeah. your really yes. racist eyes. Thanks a yeah. lot, Cameron. All right, let's plug your album. Why yeah. should people? Where can people buy this album? Oh well, you can buy it on iTunes or you can buy it on Amazon. If you buy it on Amazon, What's, where do you, you make the most copy? money? iTunes, Amazon, your website? Um, I actually, I do pretty well either way. iTunes, Amazon is the same, but if you buy it from me personally at a show. There you go. And I'll even sign it for you, and I make them. And I she's touring. That way. One of the only comics that I know that is touring that doesn't just hate life. 
You seem to be a relatively positive person. I love life. How, how are you kidding me? I get to work in bars and hang out and talk to cool people. Like, That's because you're not. I how see. How awesome that, is my life? It's really pretty awesome. good. And you have a child that scares the hell out of me. Is a nanny? She's a super oh. cool kid. I'm not. I, I I'm not trying to insult. Did I just insult a three year old? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, she's she. That it got really weird. She's really quiet. Real, the she's, mustard thing kind of scared me. She's real. Smart. Why would that scare you? It's a little weird. Where's the mustard coming from? I think that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, do you want sport peppers? Like, I was with her. <laughs> Celery salt. Like, where can we take this, no baby? Ketchup. Let's do it. No ketchup at all. Right. Well, I mean, she's three. Like, yeah. everything is covered in but ketchup. But she's in Chicago, so. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, she's three. God damn it! All right. I sugar the crap out of her chicken nuggets, and then she'll eat them. Sugar? Well, ketchup is sugar. Let's be. Oh, real. okay. I thought you. Meant- That's monster, why it tastes good. I, everyone knows that. All right, food ink. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna close this interview with a question from the Kig's Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, PhD. An awful, awful book that gives children too much power. Okay, so please, Cameron, pick a number between one and two hundred and sixty. Thirty-three. You've done this before. You've been on the other podcast. Yeah, I have. If you and your friends were collecting money for a charity, and then your friends decided to steal what they were collecting what? and said they wouldn't be friends with you anymore unless you did it too, what an awful run-on sentence. What would you do? One goddamn sentence. One fucking sentence. What? Two commas. Yeah. Fuck this guy. You know what? There's a, a there's a loophole in this question for me. They're which stealing is, money. You don't want to be... Oh, I see. No, the, there's a loophole in this question, which is that... My friends and I would never be collecting money for charity. Are you kidding me? No way. Save that shit. We make $4. All right. Now give me the prizes or the gifts for being on the show. Oh, what'd I get? Well, since you mentioned that you like a certain lady, here's a booby keychain for you. Yay! Uh, I also oh my get, god, it's gross feeling. I like it. That's great. You also get the sticker collection of Beavis and Butthead oh, stickers. Right. You got Men and Masculinity edited by Joseph H. Pluck and Jack Sawyer because you obviously need I'm that. I'm the crap out you of this. Need that. The answer is cock. The, uh, it doesn't... What, what's the question? I'll answer it. What? Cock. All right. Here you I, go. You also won this little thing of Hornitos tequila with a uh, shot glass. Yeah. So when you bike home drunk, now the cop can smell alcohol on your Yay. butt. So that's for you, Cameron. Thanks okay. so much. Now you get to play the fun Thank fun. You, You're from Chicago area. Yeah, I love this game. You know the Bozo Buckets. Let's do this. We're going to live a childhood dream. Maybe it was your dream. I don't care. Yeah, it was. Either way. Uh, hand the microphone to Kevin. You ready to play? Thank you, Jeremy. Kevin's going to narrate. I'm going to yeah. talk to this microphone. And Cameron's going to play the best game in the world, Bozo Bucket. So, right. bucket number one. Number one. She said, wow. Wow, she did. She She's squeezing the ball tightly. And, and she, she missed, missed it. She, no, that's not oh. a joke. She literally missed it. She was two inches away. She's not very good at skill things at all. Very poor hand-eye coordination. She could probably that, make a joke about missing, though. That so. she can make... She can yeah. ma- ah, she's a comic. Just let her... <laughs> do it again. Do it again. This is just sad. No, you, okay. I just... I, won't, I, I more so want to make a defense of that, which is that I'm currently um, suffering from vertigo. Are you serious? Yeah. Did you guys know that that's something that can happen for you? My prescription is in my bag, and I shouldn't be drinking. Nice. So I have the spins all the time right now. Has that ever happened to anybody in the audience? No. Like something's We're wrong drinking with, to get something's the spins. Something's wrong with my inner ears. So in my defense, I don't think it's going to go better than that. All right, everybody. <laughs> like I think it's going to be, I'm going to miss them all. All night. All right. Where can people check you out? Cameronismwithzito.com? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cameronismwithzito.com. It's updated regularly? Question mark? Yeah. 
Every Wednesday night at Coles. Go check her out. Buy her album. Uh, whatever makes her the most money, buy that kind of copy. <laughs> buy it from her in person. One of the best people you can meet. And if you're an up-and-coming stand-up, she is someone you need to know because everyone else will be mean to you. <laughs> and that's kind of true and sad. Ladies and gentlemen, please clap for Cameron Esposito. Trevor McSpadden from the Hoyle Brothers is going to come up here next. We're going to have a very good night. Please, please, please drink at the bar. And later in the evening, if you want to play Bozo Buckets, we can do that. Jeremy, for the love of God, please play something. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Tromberg on piano from the delightful band, The Ragtones. Very, very good band. All right, he didn't hear it. He doesn't get to spray me. All right, so uh, before we bring up our final guest, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to plug some stuff. Every Monday night we have events here. You meet them, everybody has events at the Hungry Brain. And uh, next Monday night is uh, Everything is Terrible. Everything is Terrible... Could you describe them, kind uh, of? Yeah, they. Uh, well, I just kind of found this out. Uh, they they just get VHS tapes. Yeah, they are people that love VHS. They take awful things and make them funny. Yes, and that doesn't sound good, but it is good. It they do a really good job. And then the following, and and we're having a special Tuesday show, which we never do. Next week Tuesday, I'm very very excited because we have uh, Lesser Birds of Paradise who. Are, is a great, great band. If you ever want to be sad and in love and or happy and in love, it's the best band for but you. in love. In love. Okay. Or, no, or out of love and right. just want to be in love. Right. Great, great band. And In Tall Buildings is going to come up. After that, uh, we have many, many shows. We have uh, the Homeroom Series, which is a lecture series. We have uh, – help me out here, buddy. Um, we have President Turtle, President which is a variety Turtle. show. Yeah. And then the last Monday of April, we have uh, the next live podcast, which is going to feature – uh, really, really good guest, Stephanie Kuhnhert, who is a, the author of books such as Ballads of Suburbia and I Want to Be Your Joey Ramone. We have c- comedy from Junior Stopka. Junior Stopka. W- one of the craziest looking guys <laughs> and one of the funniest guys in this city. And uh, for the first time, we're having a full band. We're having team band play. So uh, if you can, come on out to that. All the events are at youmeetthemeverybody.com. Uh, our next guest is a very, very, very talented uh, man. He fronts one of the Chicago institutions in the country music scene, the Hoyle Brothers. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to the stage Trevor McSpadden from the Hoyle Brothers. Jeremy, play some tunes. Wow. Okay, for those of you that aren't in the room, Trevor, you look good. Well, thank you. <laughs> you look good. Let's start this off awkward. Let's talk about my wardrobe. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about your wardrobe for a second here. Uh, we'll do the fashion segment. Mm-hmm. You sure. look great. You got a black shirt on with the three button cuffs. You got good fitting jeans. You got some boots on with the uh, snakeskin. Is it snakeskin? They look no, no, like no, snakeskin. No, no, no. It's, just, it's just leather. They're just yeah. leather boots yeah. with a pointy just, tip. It could cow. be snake, that's though. That's cow. That's cow. Yeah. Okay. okay. The reason why I'm bringing this up is you don't look like you are a talented musician. You look too good to be a talented musician. And I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but you sing really good sad songs in the country stylings. You don't look like a sad country man. You look like a very successful man from the city. Crying on the inside. Why, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you in a pop band? I, I don't know. I have no pop. Uh, pop, pop sensibilities? Not, not in me. I got, uh, it's all sad, cheating, drinking. 
uh, lying, stealing, more cheating. Yeah, you don't look like that kind of guy. Oh, but I am. Oh, that's yeah. nice to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad that yeah. you're an awful human being at heart. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm a sick bastard. Why do you play country music? I mean, it's not that normal in these parts. It's not. It's not. Um, well, I'm not from here. I'm from Texas. You're from Texas. Yeah, so I think that... Where in Texas are you from? A little bit south of Austin, a little town called San Marcos, Texas. San Marcos, Texas. Yeah. How was it growing up in San Marcos, Texas? Small town, big town? Small town. Um, it's, uh, there's a college there. There's okay. a, oh. uh, not, not one of the major universities okay. in Texas, but there's a college there. So there's some you know, sort of culturally redeeming uh, aspects to the town. But no, it's a small town. I mean, what we did on the weekends was we went out and danced. We went out and two-stepped. And, uh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. yeah. There and was you're, a dance. And you're not like an old man. Not yet, but man, I am working on it so hard. Yeah, but you yeah. don't someday. I'm gonna I will age be. the heck out of this <laughs> yeah. body. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's that's it. I mean, we, yeah, growing up, we would go out. That, you know, Fridays and Saturday nights, there was a country and western dance, and that's what we would do. Well, I gotta say, I'm ignorant of this sort of thing. What is a two step? I don't know. Really? It's I a really dance. don't. It's a dance. Okay, I'll play some songs later that you can two step. Really? To. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. I don't know that I don't know if you can teach the two step over the radio. If you can't, if you does, can't, does it have a, isn't there a country song where they teach you how to do it in the song? In the song, you know? no, you idiot! Oh. It's country music for Christ's sake. Yeah. There's sad song. There's sad stories about heartbreak. Right. Yeah, you can square. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not going to be doing any. We're not. No, that's different. Well, I, no. that, I did that in junior high. Slow, so. slow, quick, quick, slow. Why do you okay. want to do this though? Why did you? Wouldn't it, it make more sense to stay in Texas? I'm glad you're here. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be in Chicago, but why? <laughs> why move from Texas to Chicago to play country music? It, I didn't necessarily move here just to play country music. Well, why did you mean, move here? Uh, well, I I had been here a few times uh, as a kid and and really thought this was a cool town. Yeah, and moved here. Kind of thinking that my country music days were over. I mean, I was playing in a couple of different bands uh, in Austin and, and then moved here thinking like, well, you know, I'm done with that part of yeah. my life. And then found out that there are actually some uh, country music uh, lovers here in town. And so I thought, well, I can keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Yeah. Why the Hoyle Brothers? Uh, well, I the, the I got the the gig with the Hoyle Brothers after the original singer left the mm-hmm. band, so I'm I'm just like the second string. You're like Sammy uh, Hagar. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there's a big divide among right. the <laughs> massive amount of Hoyle Brothers yeah. fans uh, in Chicago. Uh, but no, I yeah, I guess it's been about three years since I uh, started singing with those guys, and it's like uh, we, we we it's it's all good now, you know. The Hoyle Brothers are one of the few bands in Chicago that plays every single week. Yeah. that aren't a cover band. No, we. Yeah, uh, we, how do yeah. you? How is that? Is it you play two hours every single Friday night <laughs> every at the Empty Friday. Bottle? You seem to be playing yeah. Fitzgeralds once a month at least. We do. Yeah, Fitzgerald's play the hideout off at Lee. Yeah, uh huh. Matter of fact, we'll be at, we'll be at Fitzgerald's on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, and then at the hideout on Monday. So. Yeah, like what, what's um, the deal with this? Like why? How is it playing that often? I mean, most rock bands play once a month, and even that's a little bit too often. It's. Uh, I think you got to play. You got to play that to to be good. You know, to be tight. Um, you got to keep playing. And we know like a million songs, so it's not like we're doing the same show mm-hmm. every every Friday. Um, and I guess you know, country music fans they want to hear you know Merle Haggard. They want to hear Ray Price. They want to hear you know all this different stuff. And we know all those tunes, so you know we have a a, a pretty deep catalog to draw from. Um, so it doesn't ever get boring or anything. We're always playing different tunes. Um, but really, it's just about making people dance. I think. Really. You know? I mean, that's what that's what's great about the empty bottle on Fridays is that 
um, you know, we set up and play and people start dancing and, and that's what we're there for to, to get people out doing that two step. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. Do you realize that that's not normal? It's not. Have that's you, what I'm telling you. It's have normal you been, for me. Have you I, been to the empty bottle any other time? No, you're I supposed, realize. You're supposed to stand there and be angry and g- drink the only beer you can afford while knowing about every other beer on tap. Yeah, there's times. I bought this little digital recorder thing to, uh, to record us. Uh, uh-huh. This was a while ago when I thought, you know, I want to hear what we sound like. And, I, of course, I forgot it and left it there. Um, and so at about 1 o'clock on a Friday, I had to go back down to the empty bottle and walked in there. And it was. It was like holy shit yeah this is a completely different place and you were there earlier that night and it well we play at 5 5, 5 okay. to 7 p.m yeah, 5 30 Friday 7 night. okay yeah yeah do you have a job i do have a job what's your job i work at uh, pacific college of oriental medicine how do you feel scamming people every day <laughs> i yeah I, I feel good I'm, I'm i'm i told you man i'm a heartless bastard like most country musicians yeah, yeah. you play yeah. at new age medicine yeah, you gotta yeah. Be yeah. acupuncture this clothing is my, you, re- wait, you really work in acupuncture no i really do yeah i don't do acupuncture but that that's my day job i'm but, not gonna insult yeah. the you but really dude really it's that's true. what you do. really that's true. true wow yeah. what's your day job uh, I put up posters because I have a job that a high school dropout could have. Really? No, I have a really? great. That's what you do. You uh, exactly, wow. I do. Man. Well, yeah, I promote my podcast. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Because if anything that needs to happen is more uh, trees need to get uh, taken down, so I can put up posters right. yeah. for events that no one cares about. The, posters yeah, about. No goes to, yeah, yeah, it's do great. Posters work? No, absolutely not. They don't. Posters are good. I mean, you're in a band. You should you should know this. Posters are for name recognition. Right. You're, I, I think out of, let's say I put up 100 posters, I might get five people from the poster. Yeah. But they'll know the name, and hopefully they'll yeah. put it in the yeah. internets. Yeah. So you want to be on the internet. That's your goal with the posters? No, I don't know. Let's talk about Trevor, because this okay. is really boring really quick. <laughs> okay. What's the goal for the Hoyle Brothers? You just put out a new record last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're t- uh-huh. You just toured. Yeah, we went down to Texas. But you play every week. We play Do every you week. Want to just play the same venues every week? Do you want to try to quote unquote make it? What's the goal? Wow, that's a good question. I'm um, very good at these. Yeah, that's <laughs> heavy. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know that we consider ourselves a band that is going to make it. I mean, we play music that kind of has been dead for quite a while. Yes and no, but like about um, a month ago, I remember the reader, uh, every week the reader, if you're not from Chicago, is is the local alt weekly and they have like the list. It's called the list and they send out two emails a week, one for the weekend and one for the week. And one of the Fridays, you guys were the top pick of the week. Yeah. And it was your normal 5 to 7 Friday night show and they right. said it's a shame that we're not there every week and it's a shame that people aren't there and we just overlook these guys. So it's not like you aren't talented. It's not like you don't have critics' love. Right. You can do this. Right. You should be playing every single street festival because you're good. What do you want? What's we the goal? We want to play every single street festival. <laughs> That's it. That's what we play want every to do. college town and make a every ton of money. Every college town. Uh, we, uh, I don't know what we want. I think there's uh, me personally. Yeah, I would love to be playing more. I, w- I mean, you know, how could you play more? <laughs> we, uh, well, you log Eastern like- medicine. That's yeah, it's yeah. Eastern yeah. medicine. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, you know, I think, I think we just do this because it's it's in us. I don't think that any of us really know how to do anything else. We we need to go play every Friday at the Empty Bottle. Yeah. I mean, I do. You know, it does. It gets to be a grind. But if I did, I didn't do it on Friday. I was out of town. Um, 
I was in, in Austin for my grandmother's 80th birthday. Oh, that's so nice. It was very sweet. Um, so anyway, so I didn't get to play at the Empty Bottle on Friday, and it, it's, I got to. I need to do it, you know? That's where this music belongs, I think, is in, in clubs and, and making people You have dance. such a healthy optimism for what, some of the saddest music possible. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, I'm about to play a bunch of yeah. really sad songs. And they're great. Um, they're great. <laughs> and I don't know what that is. That, I think that's what I love about country music is that it, it's the saddest. If you listen to the lyrics closely, it's the saddest, most you know, heart-wrenching stuff you'll ever hear. But it's set to this beat that makes you want to move a little bit. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's heartfelt. You know? I think that, that the singers, the, the great singers – that do this music and do it well, they mean it. And, and it's hokey and it's cheesy and you can tear it apart if you want to. But when somebody does it well, they mean it and you, you can't take that away from anybody. You know. The basic question that most songwriters get, do you have to be in love to write a love song? Do you have to be sad to write a breakup song? You're writing no. country music. Nope. No. Doesn't matter. I, well, for me personally, I, no. I mean, it all, it, you know, you, it comes from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it probably helps to have been in love or maybe to be in love. Um, or to have been, you know, broken up with, or be breaking up with, um, but I don't think it's it's That's not good. A, you don't have to. You can make up. Anything. You sound well rounded and not sad. That's good. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, Is it yeah. all that acupuncture? Well, I don't really. I don't get the acupuncture. I just work there. You know, it's. it's I don't want to get of, you fired. Let's get off. No, no, no. It's fine. It's you know, it's 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 full of uh, you know, like. 200 uh, good-looking hippie girls at the acupuncture school. It's, it's, Going back it's to the showering, job. I don't think I'd like it. Okay. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you one question, a non-music-related question, maybe music-related question. Then you're going to play the Bozo Buckets, and then you're going to play some or songs. Like the so, kids' book of questions. Don't forget that. I know, I know. Thanks, right. buddy. Yeah, um, yeah I want to I hear something. Oh, you're going to get a question, sir. Yeah. Trevor, I met you years ago Okay. and didn't realize you were the same guy in the Hoyle Brothers. You used to be in a musical play type thing here. You're an actor as well, kind of. I'm just a, a stage hog. You're you a stage know, anything, hog. Anything. Uh, you were in this production called Letters X. Right. Right. And that's totally different than the Hoyle Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. What's the? Do you want to be an actor? Are I you just an actor? Wanna, do you I consider yourself be, an actor? No, I. I uh, no, I don't. I mean, I did. I did a little theater like when I was in the sixth grade. Um, but then, you also did it when you were like 29. So don't. Right, like, right. No, I'm like saying 29 yeah. in the sixth grade. You know, yeah, yeah. it took grade. me a while to uh, to make it through right. San Marcos Elementary. You know, no. Anyway, uh, no, I don't. I don't consider myself an actor. Um, I I think I like I like being on stage. You know, I That's like nice. I like entertaining people. <laughs> you don't seem to have a weird like uh, desire to like people. You don't seem to be the one of those kind of guys like look at me, look at me, look at me. You're no, not like no, that. no. You're not nearly as loud and abrasive as me. You're something <laughs> that I should try to be. Thanks for doing this. Well, <laughs> we're gonna close this interview with a question from the Kids Book of Questions okay, by go. Gregory Stock, PhD. So, Trevor, yes, I need you to give me a number between one and two hundred and sixty. 147. 147. Did you know that coming up? Because you've seen two other people. Well, I did. There's some different numbers rattling around, but that, that's fresh. That's, 147. Yeah, 147. Ooh, this is good. Are you worried about what kind of place the world will be when you grow up? If so, what worries you most, and what do you think could be done to improve things? That's good. That's a lot. What's wrong, good. God? Now fix it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't worry about things too much like... Um, I feel like we'll know things are pretty bad when there's no more Christmas trees for sale at Christmas time. You know, 
No, I don't know. <laughs> is this because you're a Christian or you just like murdering nature? No, I just think, you know, if when, when the water shortage is enough that we can't grow Christmas trees just to buy and then throw away, then we'll know that it's time to get You kind of sound like a hippie, sir. Well, uh, they, yeah, maybe you know, it does work at hey, the Hey, look, just because I sing place. country music doesn't mean that I, you know, I'm not I'm liking hippie. you less and less the more you talk <laughs> hey, about hippie music. Willie Nelson, he's a huge hippie. That's right, yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> what was the question again? Am I worried about the future? Not, not particularly. What would you do to change it? Um, That's the question. I, oh, well, this is, it's, you know what? Every other city that I've ever lived in, it's fairly easy to recycle things, and it's not okay. very easy to recycle stuff here in Chicago. What a practical I mean, concern. That's good man. You know, maybe that's ridiculous. No, say, no, no. You know, God forbid you actually care about things. No, yeah. that's great. And it's funny, yeah, because all the songs I'm going to sing are sad country songs, but they're all about recycling. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of going in a different direction. That was good. Kevin, could you hand me uh, Trevor's yes. gifts? Wow. What happened is he uh, knocked something over. Okay. Let's Kevin. go. Okay. So get the other stuff, dude. There's two more things. Jesus, get your ass up. All right. For being on the show, you just won a, Dixon- a dictionary of psychology by James Drever. Wow. Um, this is good because if you need to insert a random word in a song and need to define it, here you go. Okay. I just l- looked it up. and uh, Give us a random passage real quick. Smoked drum, a cylinder covered with glazed paper on which a layer of soot is deposited by a smoky flame employed by a recording surface in chymograph. Good luck with that. Those Thank are some song lyrics. Wow. So if you ever decide to... No, it's soot. <laughs> uh, if... It's great because you don't have a mic and I do. Okay. Uh Where's the other stuff? Give me the. There's stuff there. What is this stuff? Where's right the other? here. There we go. Okay, you obviously oh, like everyone Liquor. else. You get your Hornitos uh, shot thingy Beautiful. with a South uh, shot glass. Okay. And here's thank the you, thing. Thank you, Arnold. That's the normal. What? I said thank you, Arnold. You sound like a, you're doing an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm not. But here, here's the best part. You're on tour a lot. This is a Sousa keychain, gold keychain, so if you get pulled over, they'll know you've been drinking. So that's for you. <laughs> and then he, this is for the dashboard and or the other guys in the band. This is a Wobblin' Globlin, the most gruesome gang of bobbling head figures. I got you that because everyone else in your band looks like a ghoul. They do. <laughs> if Actually, you've ever yeah. seen the Hoyle Brothers, yeah. these guys are pros. They look like monsters. But Jesus <laughs> Christ, they're talented. <laughs> Now you'll fit in. Just, Just looks, looks like, like Brian Wilkie. Yeah. There you go. See? <laughs> That's a plug that his friends will understand. That none of you do. So we're going to play the grand prize game, then Trevor's going to play. All right. Jeremy, you ready? Ready. Thanks, buddy. All right. Let me take that for okay. you, sir. Do this, Kevin. Narrate. I'm going to narrate. Thanks. Show the band the narrator. They were a good band. All okay. Right. So, Trevor, this is what you do. Your heel should be on the back of the stage. If you have vertigo problems, please let us know beforehand. If okay. no vertigo problems, good. you should get at least four buckets here. So bucket yeah. number, number one. Number one. It's blue. It's the blue one. It's yeah. the blue one. There he made you go. it. He did it. Wonderful. Yay. He just won. What did you win, sir? Won a record. What record? Uh, Rose Royce. Uh, car wash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't ever cover that song. Don't, because it would be just that sad, ironic thing. Don't do that. But there you go. You could do All a right. lot of drugs off of that record. Okay, yeah. bucket number, number two. Number two. And oh, he you made got it. it. There you go. Where do you win? You get a Sailor Moon puzzle. Wow. There you yeah. go. Sell that on tour or something. Oh, that's a, some sort of anime. Sailor yeah. Moon is anime. Japanese schoolgirls. Because if there's thing. one thing country music fan loves, anime. Right. it's anime right. in puzzle form. Bucket number three. Okay, bucket number three. 
Oh, he missed it. Jeremy, can I tell you one thing? You nailed it. You nailed it. Did Trevor. you get the prize instead? Trevor, you know what? Yeah, let's give Jeremy a prize. You lost, Trevor. What does Jeremy get? Oh, Jeremy spades gets... with a naked lady on Jeremy the front. Jeremy just won chain. a naked lady keychain. Congratulations, Jeremy. All right. So this is what's going to happen. Uh, you're all going to stay here. Trevor's going to set up. Jeremy's going to play some tunes in about five to ten minutes. Trevor's going to play some awesome, awesome music. And uh, that's it. And uh, if, after Trevor's done playing, if you want to play the grand prize game, come and talk to me, and we'll do that. And, uh, Jeremy, you ready to go? Ready to go. Stick around for Trevor McSpan, everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody. Please, please, please clap for Jeremy Tromberg of the Ragtones. Thanks for coming out, everybody. I hope you had an okay to good time. Uh, Kevin's going to be walking around with a mailing list. I know it's annoying, but it'd be awfully kind of you to sign it. And uh, I am so, so happy to say that Trevor McSpadden is going to end the night for us here at the Hungry Brain, at the You Me Them Everybody Live podcast. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please put your hands together for Trevor McSpadden. Thank you very much. Oh, here I am again On my own again All alone again Just thinking about you Yes, here I am again On my own again All alone again Just thinking about you there was a time when this would have been easy. There was a time before I met you. There was a time I never thought of another. There was a time I hadn't a clue. Here I am again On my own again All alone again Just thinking about you It won't be long And we'll be back together It won't be long And I'll see you again it won't be long These thoughts will be memories It won't be long I'll be on the bed But here I am again On my own again All alone again Just thinking about you you, you. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, here's sort of a trilogy of songs about uh, like breaking up with people. The first one is called It's Gonna Be a Long, Long Time. Then the second one is called Ready to Get Hurt Again. And then the third one is called Better Off Alone. So... 
sort of like a quick one while he's away of country music. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a blue, blue, blue day Because I just realized How long it's gonna take For me to break the habit Of being in love with you Six months just passed like nothing at all And I barely make it do I've tried so so, so hard To go through all the motions And try to let down my guard Well, I'll hit the town with some sweet gal But little does she know She's in a losing battle I ain't ready to let go It's gonna be a long, long, long time Before I give my heart away The way I gave you mine It's gonna be a long, long, long time If I could go far, far, far away Maybe I wouldn't see you Every couple of days Then it would be easier To forgive and forget Oh, but that would close the door for good I ain't ready for that yet It's gonna be a long, long, long time Before I give my heart away way I gave you mine, it's gonna be a long, long, long time. It's gonna be a long, 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 long time. We did long enough for the healing. To have had the time to run its course Well I was left battered and bruised but breathing Laid up all alone so I could mourn It took a little longer than I was expecting But I'm alright now so look out girls I'm ready to get hurt again Heart's been too long on the mend. All my patience has worn thin. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm looking for that old familiar feeling when you just met somebody new. You roll the dice and keep yourself believing. This time you won't end up black and blue I'll take that risk again for the reason That I know my heart can still be true I'm ready to get hurt again My 
heart's been too long on the mend. All my patience has worn thin. I'm ready to get hurt again. I'm ready to get hurt again. My heart's been too long on the mend. All my patience has worn thin. I'm ready to get hurt again. Okay, third part, Better Off Alone. Found my watching keys by the moonlight Put on my clothes while she was still asleep Close the door, walk down an empty hallway not once looking back to check and see I started up my car around the corner I drove into the night aimlessly Wondering why I couldn't just have laid there And let myself enjoy her company Think I might be better off alone I can't find no one's arms feel like a home Well, there must be something wrong with me That turned my heart to stone I think I might be better off alone By morning I had her on myself near ragged Fretting about the ways that I behave Every chance I get I keep my distance Like what she wanted needs to be explained A couple hours more than I might call her A half-hearted attempt at saving face What I ought to do is just be honest And I hope she understands me when I say I think I might be better off alone can't find no one's arms feel like a home Well, there must be something wrong with me That turned my heart to stone I think I might be better off alone Well, there must be something wrong with me That turned my heart to stone I think I might be better off alone Well, I think I might be better off alone
Yeah, thank you. It's pretty cheerful stuff now. All right, more more breakup material. For years we said I love you And for a time it felt so right But now my mind is wandering When we lay in bed at night I'm not sure I'm still happy I'm not sure you're still mine So you and I keep saying This will be our last time Old habits don't quit easy but I know we've tried so hard Each time we say it's over We can't finish what we start Another night together Really, what's the harm? When we fall out of love I land right back in your arms Can't imagine a life without you Cause your love is all I've known But I'm scared to love another And I'm scared to be alone So we're getting back together To give it one more go But this time won't be much different But let's pretend we just don't Throw down 
Let's see here. I guess I should uh, go ahead and yeah, mention that we do play every Friday at the Empty Bottle at 530, uh, the Honky Tonk Happy Hour gig. So when you get off work on a Friday, come down there. 1035 Northwestern Avenue, ladies and gentlemen. Swing by there and do a little two-stepping with us. And uh, let's see here. We'll do, I'll do this one. Uh, this is called Moping Around. Well, I used to spend my day times moping around My night times out just packing time Living every day of the week like it was Saturday night When I saw you, I knew in a flash I'd have to give up my rambling past Cause all I wanted to do was hold you tight Feeling bad for myself, took most of my time With the rest, I just make believe I was mine each day went by no different than the day before I'd stay out late so I wouldn't feel down And see the same old friends and make the same old friends Cause looking in all the wrong spots to find the cure Now I'm living and loving with you That a man could be so happy I never knew Settle down, I work so hard to get it 
if I never thought of that I was about to run the set right over the line But all that's changed and I'm moving on Cause wherever you go, I'll be tagging along I was in a bad way, but now I think I'm gonna be fine Cause I'm a little and a little with you That a man could be so happy I never knew Okay, I'm going to get uh, semi-dramatic with you here just for a moment before we send you off into the night. Okay, here's a sort of a western-type ballad, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely requires another drink of whiskey. I was born in Amarillo, Texas, and uh, there's, a, there's the Paladura Canyon is up there, and there's a little place outside, an old Wild West village outside of Paladura Canyon called Six Gun City that you can go to as a kid. I mean, I guess you can go to it as an adult as well. I went to it as a kid. But the guy that ran the place was kind of an odd character, so this is sort of a story about him. Scratched out of the plains above Palomar Canyon, sits one man's dream that he won't abandon. A wild west village built in tribute to times long since past. The cars of the fifties once crowded the lot, while eager young children watched cowboys get shot. Dragging their mothers down trails to see Indian remains. A clapboard saloon where the fathers could drink. The doors would swing wide when they stepped from the street. Kids lined up at the jailhouse to be sworn in as deputies. All this excitement has now disappeared No gun fights have been heard in years Stagecoach sits empty, the rope's falling off the hanging tree Yet one man stays on just to be safe So he watches the highway through the windows at the end of the bar. This morning he woke and when he peered outside it was an empty ghost town spread out before his eyes. He recalled all the crowds but all he saw today was tumbleweed. Well, he walked down each alley, his usual path. The bank and the blacksmith, Western Union Telegraph. 
Swept off all the porches And polished that old pistol in the safe He came into the barroom His everyday place He pulled old Radgood whiskey Wiped a tear from his face Then sat down by the window To wait on the sun to set A plume of dust just then caught his eye He looked hard out into the bright western sky In car silhouette against the last light of day Well it was hard to believe it had been so long He straightened his tie, put his cowboy hat on Got out of his chair Fit to welcome his guests In the time it took To walk out of the bar It was only the taillights He could see on the car Like they'd been blown away By that lonely old pan Watch shadows take over from the sun's last few rays. The jingle of his spurs faded as he stepped back inside. The last shot rang out in six gun city. What a tale. What a tale. Let me do one more song for you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I've really covered the drinking as much. I mean, I've been demonstrating the drinking. Uh, where'd that thing go? Oh, it's on the chair. Thank you. Oh, man. All right, this is, I'll do this one last song here. This is called If I'm Not Drunk, I'm Not Drinking Today. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Wherever I am going, there's a bar along the way. Set them up, I'll drink them down. It seems too dull to pay. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. 
Well, perched atop a bar stool, empty glasses all around. For many years I've worked to be the drunk in this here town. Every now and then you're gonna see me sober, straight and clean. Times like these that don't last long, cause a drink is what I need. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Wherever I am going, there's a bar along the way. I'll find a pretty waitress and I'll find a way to pay. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Well, a dimly lit and smoky bar, that's where I spend my time. Stick around until they close around down to my last dime. Give it to me mixed or straight, either's fine by me. As long as there's some booze around, well, you know I got what I need. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Wherever I am going, there's a bar along the way. Set them up, I'll drink them down, it seems to do the thing. If I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Well, if I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking today. Hey, thank you very much. My name's Trevor McSpen. Brandon, thanks for having me, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please clap for Trevor. Go to thehoyobrothers.com or hoyobrothers.com. It'll get you there. Uh, every Friday night at the Empty Bottle, go see that band. It's free. They have a tip jar. Donate generously. Thanks to the Hungry Brain. Uh, they don't have to let us do this, but they do. And uh, it's my favorite bar in the world. And if I die from alcohol consumption anywhere, I want it to be here. And I hope that's the same for all of you. Thanks to everyone that came on the show. Uh, thanks to Kevin a lot for helping. Thanks to Ben a lot for helping. Thanks to the bartender at the Hungry Brain, best bar in the world. If you've never been here, please come on out. I know it's odd for you to for, to hear me address people that you can't see, and I apologize for that. Thanks to everyone that came on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Please clap for the last time for Trevor. And now Jeremy's going to play some wonderful, wonderful piano music. Clap for Jeremy's wonderful band, the Ragtones. Thanks for coming out, everybody. I love you all dearly. Have a wonderful night.